We live in a world with different generations, and this can be messy and confusing and beautiful and inspiring. Sometimes we need the time to pause, reflect and listen to each other, and the XYZ Experiment podcast brings you these conversations. I'm Dash, your Gen Y. I've got with me today Fiona, your Gen X, and also Luke, our Gen Z. Welcome to the XYZ podcast today. So guys, I am interested to talk about flake culture. <laughs> Have we coined a new term? Yeah, flake much. culture. Flake yeah. culture. By the way, I do like the chocolate flake. But anyway, flake culture. I have been reflecting on um, what it means to show up, but also what does it uh, mean to, at the last minute, cancel. Mm-hmm. So when I was in my 20s, as many people know, I was diagnosed with MS at 23. And um, one of the things that in our 20s, my husband and I, we were like got married quite early. And so we were one of the few people who, ha- who had a house. And we would host very regularly. And so I remember coming out of hospital and we had already planned a dinner for the, I think it was the day after or the, yeah, it would have been the day after I got discharged from hospital. So you didn't cancel the dinner? We didn't cancel the wow. dinner. Wow. And so we still cooked. Wow. And um, I think part of it for me, I was a bit in denial about how sick I'd been. Yeah. And I'd been in hospital for five days. So I was pretty sick and I'd been on steroids and all of that kind of stuff. But also I had experienced extreme cabin fever (laughs) being in hospital and I wanted to see my friends. So I was like, I had made the decision to go ahead with this dinner. We have this dinner, um, cooking, preparing it, gone grocery shopping. And an hour before the dinner, one of the guests messages me and says, actually, she didn't even message me. One of the other guests shows up and says, so-and-so isn't coming because she's too tired. And then I got a text message a little bit earlier, later saying, sorry, I'm not showing up. I'm really tired today. And I was furious. I also had steroid rage. But I was furious because I was like, I'm tired. I'm really tired. And I have cooked for you and you at the very last minute have pulled out. I know it's an extreme example, but I have always had this almost value system around friendships that if you pull out on me too many times, you are dead to me. So that friend after that was dead to me. Like I did not hang out with her. Was that not their first time that they'd done that? It wasn't their first time. And I also kind of felt like there wasn't enough of an apology. Like they had known I'd been in hospital. They'd known I'd been sick. There wasn't enough of a, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, there wasn't a phone call. Yeah. There wasn't any kind of explanation. And so I was so pissed off. Especially to come through another friend to tell you. I know. It's like they didn't have the guts they didn't to, have... to do it. And the, the other friend was like, oh, she's really sorry. I'm like, yeah, no, tell me that Yeah. Um, themselves. And so I actually kind of cut that friend off. And I also cut off like most of that group. That's when I came to the realisation, the give take of mm. a relationship. Mm. And if people aren't also giving, I'm not going to be the one doing all the giving. Yeah. So... Um, curious as to where you sit on or what your experience have been of flake culture and where you might sit with that. I, I think it's relatively new. I, I, I do. And, and I know we've talked about this before. I think it's got a lot to do with mobile phones mm-hmm. and, or emails because when I was a younger person, even in my 20s, like um, you could only get someone by a landline 
And if you're meeting, say, at 10 o'clock, the person's already left home. You can't just suddenly yes. cancel on them. And I'm physically waiting for you somewhere, whether it's outside a restaurant or, you know, a street corner. I'm waiting for you to turn up. So people turned up, you know, they, yeah. they did turn up. And if they were going to cancel on you, you got a lot of notice. It wasn't that morning. You get the night before or something yeah. like that because they they knew, you know, you might be catching a bus or something like that. But now with mobile phones, I can be standing on that corner and you can text me at one minute to 10 or five minutes past 10 and say, oh, I'm not coming. Yeah. I'm not coming anymore. The one thing that's really going through my head is, um, of course, we have appointments for patients um, in my job. And I, I've been a dentist for over 30 years. I cannot get over the amount of people who pull out five or 10 minutes after the appointment has started. Wow. It blows my mind because they can text us to say they're not coming. We, and it's something we talk about quite a bit because that is something I never experienced for the last 25 years. It's become a really, really new thing. And we talk a lot about is it to do with because of COVID and that we've all got so used to cancelling plans so easily or you have just the tiniest sign of a cough and you think I can't go anymore or I'm a bit tired. Like it, it is, it's visibly and noticeably different in, in a work setting for mm-hmm. us. So, yeah. And so do you think it's generational or technological? I think it's technological because, yeah. I, because with the cancellations... No, that's not necessarily true. Baby boomers always turn up. It's very rare for them to cancel. And if they do, they are genuinely unwell, like something has really happened. And we sort of know that. Uh, A lot of Gen Xs turn up, but it's our millennials and particularly our Gen Zs that really cancel on us really easily. And it's weird because some people do it multiple times and... And there's no apology. It's bizarre. Whereas a baby boomer will come in and they were literally carted off to hospital and they're making this massive apology with a gift in their hand. And you're like, uh, you were on your way to hospital in an ambulance. Yeah. Whereas our younger ones would just go, oh, it's on you. You know, like no responsibility at all. It's really weird. It's really, really weird. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think it, it might stem from as well the etiquette that comes with like talking to people online. Yeah. Cause obviously the way you communicate online generally is so different to how you communicate in person. Even just by saying like, if someone texts you, there isn't this social norm that you immediately have to respond. Right? Yes. You can wait yeah. in the same way. That kind of lack of commitment to social connection is something you do see as well when it comes to organizing events where I feel like when I organize events with my friends, and like you say, you've organized it. You can put it as locked in. And there's like a 80% chance it's going to go through. Yeah. But there's a 20% chance, even though everyone's locked in, that it's not going to go through. And that's just like an unspoken truth about organizing events. It's really true because, Dash, I've organized a dinner for a group of yourself and myself and some friends Mm. and I've booked a table and I've booked a certain number of people and I've added one person in and in my head I was thinking do I need to ring the restaurant and tell them because someone will probably pull out like that's actually been in my head yeah thinking oh all hundred percent won't be there like I've, I've had that thought in my head and and it's not a reflection on the people themselves it's just that it just seems to me someone always pulls out yeah of these things nowadays you just you just don't get a hundred percent whereas beforehand you used to get 
100%, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting. I think it just is one of those long lists of, like, modern conveniences that aren't really good or helpful, but we just engage in. Mm. Like, even things like um, ordering food to our house, like Uber Eats and stuff, that's usually the food is worse or it's cold or it's the wrong order and it's way more expensive, but we do it for the convenience of it. In the same way, cancelling... A lot of time, just cancelling things that aren't even like, yeah, you're tired, but it's yeah. like you really could go if you really like just put, you know, put your shoes on and went, but you just won't because it's so easy to not, mm. yeah. which is really interesting. And I'll, I'll admit, over the last couple of years, I haven't been a flake. Normally, when I commit to something, I'm going to go do it, but I have definitely been a bit of a pre-flake yeah. where I will get messages from people and just not respond to them. And... I try to reflect on that to use that then to understand where flake culture might arise. And I think it is this idea of having to attend to things quite formally. Yeah. I feel like I could imagine if you call someone up and you're just like, hey, let's hang out. And they're like, yeah, cool. We'll meet at this time and that's it. There's nothing to think about afterwards. Yeah. But when you're constantly connected to people, it's almost like something that's always just going on in the background. It can be quite exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so I find myself being like, okay, I'm going to take some time at some point to properly attend to this message. I want to hang out with them. So I don't want it to just be a bunch of just empty texts. But then I'm so exhausted by the time I actually go to text them that I don't even want to like do anything. Yeah. Or I'm already so busy. I'm like, well, I'm going to be free in like two weeks. Is it really worth texting them now and just telling them I'm not around for two weeks? Yeah. yeah. Which it's really bad. It got to a point where like I was definitely, even I was like feeling like, man, I'm being really disrespectful to my friends for not attending to these messages. But it's interesting, this kind of like exhaustion that actually comes from communicating sometimes now, which I think is linked to social media, which is just like an exhausting platform to be on generally. So did any of your friends ever pull you up on your slow to respond messaging? Yeah, they did. There were definitely a few times where like, even like I have a couple friends from a previous workplace and I met up with one person and he was like, yeah, these other two guys, they were complaining about you in, in the toilet the other day and how you never respond. And I was like, that's totally, but it's totally fair. And there's no like real excuse for it. Um, Cause th- yeah, close friends, like you really should just have time for them. Yeah. And that's why one of my other friends that I see so frequently, he doesn't text. He just calls, he calls his friends and says, do you want to hang out now? Wow. And whenever he calls, I just say yes. And I see him all the time. We've got such a strong relationship. I love that. I have a a really good friend who is horrible at responding to texts, like really horrible. And I'm always a little bit worried about her mental health. But when she hasn't responded, like she didn't respond to one this week, I send a text, are you dead? (laughs) She always responds. Because she yeah. always flakes on me too. Yeah. So. But you have friends that you know are going to flake on you. And, and I think you prepare for that as yeah. well. Like there's some some of my friends that I've had for, you know, since I was a teenager that I know they're flakers, you know. So I will try and plan something around that thinking, oh, they'll definitely come to this because this will be motivational for them to come. Or if they don't come, it's okay. If I know that they're going to pull out on me in the last moment, it'll be all right, you know. Mm. But I often will check with them the day before, send a text and just go, just confirming tomorrow yeah. that we are 
I do that a lot. Just confirming we're just meeting up tomorrow. Like today, I'm meeting a friend for lunch, and I've texted her this morning saying, "Just confirming we're meeting today at yeah. you know such and such." And she texted back and said, "Yep, see you then." And yeah, I do that a lot. I do a lot of confirmation. I do a lot of confirmation now because of the restaurants sending you a confirmation. Yes. And so then I and send a fee. and a fee, <laughs> yes. and I so then I say, "Hey, restaurants just contacted, confirming we're all still good for yeah. X, Y, and Z." Um, but going back, Luke, to your point about the mental load, I guess, and the exhaustion and whatnot that comes from social media, it's so interesting because I do have some friends who can, you know, you put a question or a, um, you know, a chat in Messenger and it's like months later they respond and I never know what to do with them. And it's, it's kind of like in my mind that sense of connection isn't as strong because I've tried to connect um, and I might have asked questions in that and then by the time the person responds months later, it's kind of moot point, mm. like we've moved on from that. But I'm wondering what impact does all of this have on the relationships that you have with people who might flake or who might take a bit to kind of um, respond or that you do have to do that planning, like, oh, I've got to make sure this event is really something that they'd want to come so that they come. Like, what impact does that have on your relationship with them? I think it definitely strains it, even though we've mentioned that Gen Z are, like, notorious flakers because of how flexible plans are and communication is. I still think that it genuinely impacts people because relationships and the quality of friendship, like, what makes a good friendship hasn't changed over the generations. It's still like the same care, interest, um, inspiration, mutual inspiration. So I think it still really impacts people. I know that I've de definitely strained a few friendships with my pre-flaking behavior, which mm. is why I was very conscious about changing it. Um, so I, I think it's still universally not... I don't even think I have friends that would be like, oh, this person's a flake, we'll figure it out. I think a lot of my friends would be like, well, that's something that they need to work through. Yeah. Oh, so that's different for me. We would just accept that they're flakers and then just try and compensate for it, you know, and work our way around it. And Because and, sometimes, like, um, uh, I'm always going on about now that I'm older, you know, but, but I do think about, you know, um, people's capacity, you know, that, that maybe they're a bit full and they can't take any more of the week. You know, they're a bit exhausted and they just can't take any more. Because I know, like, um, uh, sometimes I want to be a pre-flaker sometimes. Sometimes I'm tired and I'm just thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm, and I have to really talk myself to say, don't be stupid. I'd be embarrassed to send the text, literally. So, um, no, you've got to go. But the thing that I always have in my head is... And because this is the type of personality I am, I'm actually energised by dealing with other people. So I always think, oh, even though I'm tired, this is going to give me energy. Like, yeah. This is this is actually going to be lifeblood for me. So I've got to go because I'm going to feel much better after I've gone to this event. So that's the way I try not to flake on people because I just think, oh, as tired as I am or or just or maybe I'm just not feeling very social this will get me out of that funk and and I, and I come away from those sorts of events feeling so good and um yeah so it's hard it's hard when people flake on you just mm. I think that's a really interesting point you made as well where I do believe that like 
there's been a huge shift in the way we look at communicate like so not communicating really but like connecting with people and we see it as like an energy energy drainer yeah when you're it's right, actually not it's not that at all i feel like i'm at my most energized when i'm with other people yeah and it's really interesting that people also flake with that perception mind of i'm tired i don't want to be further tired or i don't have the capacity to go and hang out with friends when it's like in doing that you will be more energized. Correct. Yeah. I really believe that. Instead of, and then the other thing too is in my own head, I'm going, well, what am I going to do instead? Watch TV? Oh. I actually think that. I just think, really, I'm going to watch TV. I'm never going to have that moment again. Oh. You know, 100%. that moment is gone. And what are you going to learn from that moment, being with mates or friends or opportunities that might come up? That, that really does go through my head about if I ever think about cancelling. The only time I'll cancel if I'm seriously unwell. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's the only time I go, oh, I'm actually quite unwell. I can't do this. I've, I'm getting better at um, saying no in yeah. the first instance. Yes. And um, that's the key, isn't it? Don't th- make the commitment. Don't make don't the commitment. Make and I think it's interesting listening to you guys about getting energy from people. And particularly for me at this time of the year, I'm pretty cup empty. Like I mm. don't have much in the tank which means that the people I'm saying yes to have to be people who give me energy. I cannot say yes at the moment to people who require a lot of energy for me, even if they are really good friends of mine, just because I don't have anything to give. Mm. And so it has to be um, on equal or they are just really great at giving me energy. Yeah. Um, and I feel awful about that, but it's just the reality. And so I have said no, or I've kind of not been, I've been a bit non-committal. Like I might be a bit pre-flake and not respond as quickly because I'm just like, I don't actually have the energy for that encounter. But that's not flaking. You, you, um, you're not making the commitment in the I'm first not making place. The commitment. It's no, when same. someone's made a commitment yeah. and then you're just like, come on. Yeah. The one that really annoys me is when they've made the date. Yes. It's like, oh. God, seriously? Yeah. Like, you made that date, not me. And, you know, so you've planned your day around it to to be there for them. And then they text you and say, I'm not coming. You're like, that's insane. But I think I have um, on that, like, when I say yes, my yes means yes, unless I'm really, really unwell. And yeah. I, I remember cancelling on a Christmas event last year, but I couldn't walk. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, God, I can't go and then drink alcohol. Like, yeah. this is going to be, like, mad. Um, and so I definitely had to pull out on that, and I felt awful about it. Um, but the other thing that I really struggle with is I think I have these value systems around friends, and you mentioned some of them. But one of the biggest ones for me is consistency and integrity. And so when someone's yes, can I trust your yes is Uh, probably what I get to. Can I trust your yes? Yes. And can I trust that you will be there for me? And I think sometimes when someone, it's almost like I take it as a form of betrayal if someone flakes on me too often because I'm like, oh, I can't trust your yes anymore. And that's a bit of a heartbreaking realization i think sometimes that i get to with people yeah i i just i'm i'm different that way but i don't know if that's a generational thing in that i'm just going i know they're a flaker so i'll just plan around that you yeah know? but i don't get upset at them i mean in the moment i might if i'm sitting at a restaurant waiting for them to turn up and i get the text then yeah i'm not happy about that um but um because I'm always going back to what's going on in their lives. You yeah. Know? Just, but if, if it was something that I know is not going on in their lives, then it's like, ah, oh, 
the what would you do on a serial flaker who continually makes dates with you? Do you then not accept the dates? Like you just go, now we're done? A little bit, or I think we just naturally drift apart yeah. a little bit. And I think often, to be fair, I am normally the initiator in things. Okay. And so then I just stop initiating. And so then they don't flake. Yeah. But the other thing um, I have a weird obsession with is time. So I do also have an issue with people being late. Oh, okay. Um, and I think um, Luke and I were talking about that. Like, what's the threshold of lateness that we tolerate? And the 10 to 15 minute lateness is fine. Like that, I don't even consider really late. That's the buffer restaurants give you, 15 minutes. Yeah. But when I'm sitting in a restaurant to meet you and you're 40 minutes late... Oh, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Unless there's been an accident or, and they've kept me updated with what's happening. Yeah. But I don't like it. If I'm just meeting you one-on-one, mm-hmm. I really don't want to be waiting much longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. But if I was meeting a huge group of people, I wouldn't worry about the 10 or 15 minutes at all. In fact, I would think, especially if I was coming to your house, I'll give you those 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, before yeah. I turn up, you know, just, I feel like that's an unwritten rule. You don't turn up exactly at exactly 7 o'clock. On time. You might come at 10 past. If if it's a group, not it, not if it's just one-on-one or something like that. It's but, funny you say that because I've got a friend that it's one-on-one and they don't want to be the first person there because they're like, what, what, what would I do if I was there by myself? And so they'll come 15, 20 minutes late. To be the, the, I'm always the early one and I'm always sending my friend a text to go, I've got a table in the back corner yeah, <laughs> under the dinosaur. Yeah. And I'm always early to things as well. And they know that. So yeah. I'm there early and they're 20 minutes late, which yeah. becomes 30 minutes late. Yeah. I think the lateness thing, and I take your point, like things might be going on in people's lives. Yeah. Totally get that. And particularly when people then explain it. But I think it's that um, it's when they, you- have, they haven't valued your time. Correct. So they've tried to squeeze so many things in and then suddenly they're running late for you because they have tried, they haven't gone, oh, to get there on time to meet Dash, mm. I need to allow this time to get ready, this time for traffic and this time to get to the table. I was brought up by parents who were late to everything by big margins and um, like going to Christmas lunches at people's houses, you know, the meal's going to be on the table at 12 and we've turned up at one, you know, like, and so as a child, I had a lot of anxiety around that about, um, I used to hate it that we turned up late. So I think as an adult, it's one of the things that's why I'm always on time or early to things because I, I didn't like that as a child because people would be upset when we turned up. Well, that's the same as like me. It. Like my dad is always late and I think my reaction to time is probably because of that. Yeah, yeah. And and also I've got a job where you're boom, 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 appointment, mm-hmm. appointment, appointment. Mm-hmm. So that's how I run my life, appointment, 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 mm-hmm. you know, how, how you go. But um, I, I do think it's getting worse. I people pulling out of meeting up and uh, do you feel that as well that it's getting worse I think and is that a mental health issue yeah i wonder yeah i do wonder if it's a mental health issue there's a lot going around at the moment you know um people uh, i don't know the 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 world seems like a not a happy place at the moment if that makes sense there's a lot going on there's a lot going on what do you reckon, Luke? Yeah. I think establishing a culture within your friendship groups, though, 
is another way of, of obviously you can't help if people are tapped out, mm. if things are going on in the world that are just making it hard to do anything. Mm. But in terms of, okay, what can you kind of do to facilitate it? I found that I've got some kind of friendship groups where it feels like committing is, is valued quite highly. Yeah. And that's just like a cultural thing within our group. And so as a result, it's not like if someone flaked, we would be like, ups, like inordinately upset about it, but it just is something that doesn't really happen. Mm. And, and you kind of trust when people say, okay, we're going to do this, that, that it happens. So I think it's something that you can just develop mm. in the way that you talk with people instead of having that kind of wishy-washy, half-baked way of communicating. You're quite formal about it. Here's another thing about flaking. What if someone's pulled out of something that you're doing and then you see on Instagram they've gone somewhere else? Oh, yeah. Game over. I've never had these experiences before. Yeah, I just wonder if, if you've been dumped, you know what I mean? Like they've said to you, oh, I'm just not feeling very well, and then you see that they actually did something or else Or they've instead. double or triple booked yeah. themselves. So when they yeah. come, it's like um, I've only got half an hour to spend to you and then I've got to go yeah. somewhere else. Um, but to your point, I think flake culture has gotten work, yeah. worse. I do think mental health stuff does um, – play into it so I do think I have to be a bit more compassionate but I think then it's also being honest and real with each other depending yep. on friendship and just saying mentally I'm not okay right now and because I reckon if you got that phone call when you yeah. got home from hospital and your friend rang up and just said I just don't have the capacity for this tonight but yeah. I hope you're okay and yeah. I'm really appreciative that you did this and I understand it's been hard for you I'm really sorry you probably would have gone totally take care fine. of yourself like get some sleep We'll catch up next week. Totally you know? fine. It's the getting a friend to tell a friend I'm not coming. And yeah. Like, that's not okay. That's not okay. And I think the only other thing that to add to the flake culture thing is I think the flaker then has a responsibility to re-establish connection. Yeah. So they, if they flaked on you, they then need to say, so sorry, yeah. when can I catch up with yeah. you? I'm booking a restaurant, I'm doing this, yeah. I'm doing that. Yeah. And then they make the next contact happen. Yeah. Because then if that doesn't happen, I think that's when you can then disconnect from yeah. the flaker. Yeah, it's true. And going back to that communicating as well, what we've kind of, all of us have kind of said is when it comes to flaking, what it can be is disrespectful and make you feel like your friendship isn't valued or important yeah and so through communicating even like yeah i'm tapped out at the moment um i i, I can't hang out right now i'm so sorry that is both valuing your, your friendship and showing respect because clearly it's important enough to you where you're willing to communicate about it yes show some vulnerability yeah because immediately you would you know if you're an empathetic person you're immediately going to respond to that yeah i get it i get it and then you're more worried about them. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I get it. So it's the flaking without communication. Like it's the flaking when you know it's nothing. Yeah. That's what it is. When you know it's really nothing. Yeah. And like, like you know them well enough to suspect it's really disrespectful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because you know, you know the difference. You, you do. And yeah. And you're just like, come on, we're all a bit tired. Come yeah. On. That's not good enough. So interesting. Flake culture. <laughs> it's going to catch on. It is. It's going to be in the dictionary in the next five years. <laughs> probably is in the dictionary probably, now. Probably. I mean, I probably have picked it up from someone else. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Flake <laughs> Should culture. we quickly trademark it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick, we'll do it now. Just like a selfie. <laughs> Invented in Australia. <laughs> when, I, when I do the Instagram pro, flake culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Are you a fake? <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.